Welcome to the 101st episode of the Young Terps Podcast from the Viner Fourgate Studio. This is your host, Mason Viner. And your co-host, Jordan Viner. And on today's podcast, we're talking about the loss from yesterday to the LSU Tigers and really nothing else. Just another sad end of a basketball season. Yeah, it was a real it was a real tough end there. I don't know what else to say. I guess we're going to get into it pretty quickly here. Yeah, and before we do that, this podcast is brought to you by Allied Party Rentals, your hometown Terrapin party rental resource. Allied has what you need, whether you're hosting a large wedding, putting together a small luncheon, or setting up a street festival. Allied has the tents, chairs, linens, china, and other accessories that you're looking for. Wayne from Terp Talk has known Donnie at Allied since 1995. Located right next to College Park in Beltsville, Maryland, and serving the entire DMV, contact Allied today for a free, no-obligation quote at 301-986-0067 or visit them at alliedpartyrentals.com. Jordan, this game started off not too well for the Terps, but, I mean... Do we really need to talk about it till it got to around, I don't know, 10 minutes left and Maryland really started getting into it? I think it's reasonable to talk about the whole game considering it was the last game of the season. Might as well go all out for it. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Um, there's not much to say, though. We've been talking about it for the entire year. I know that I've said it multiple times. I know that you've agreed with it and mentioned it multiple times. If they started off the same way they start off all year, in the tournament or on the road, which they which has both occurred, they're just not going to come back from it. I mean, I guess you can call this game a little bit different, but the end result was still the same. They got off to a slow start, they played poorly in the first half, and they lost the game. I think that's pretty fair. In my opinion, this game... It wasn't the same as all the other games, though. It was a... Maryland started off so poorly in the first half that it wasn't like other games. They were so slow out of the gates. They were down by as much as 15 at one point. It was 38-23. And the only reason they cut it down to nine points at halftime was because Aaron Wiggins canned some back, back-to-back threes that were huge in the grand scope of the game. Yeah, Wiggins, Wiggins really came in and saved them. Which is something that some people, including a little bit yourself, Mason, have said could happen at some point this season. I just didn't expect it to be such a big moment for him. But anyway, um, yeah, the Terps came out slow. Bruno Fernando got manhandled in the post by Nas Reed. Even though he had put up 15 rebounds in the first half, Reed just took him to the bank. I don't know. I really don't know how to explain what happened in the first half for the Terps, but it was maybe it was just an extension of what we've seen all season. In the large scheme, it will be looked at as what happened the rest of the season, even if it was a little bit different. When you go back and you look at the score sheets, and I love to bring this up, I know it bothers you a little bit, Jordan, but you're going to see that the same thing that always happened happened in this game too. And I hate to say that it's a coaching thing, but it's a coaching thing. We all know that. It's a readiness thing. It's being ready to play. It's being hyped up at the beginning of the game and not having to realize that 
your season's going to be over or you're going to lose the game to play hard. I mean, I just I don't know what to, I don't know what else to say. I don't think it's an issue about playing hard. I do agree that it it could be a coaching issue and likely is. Okay, well, here's how I'll put it to you. It can't just be a thing or other teams would do it. So it has to be on someone. It's either on the players, the coaches, the game plan. And the game plan's on the coaches, too. Uh, I'd say my counter of that is it does happen to some other teams. I think in this tournament in particular, we've seen it. I'm seeing it right now. Buffalo over here was losing by 10 points just a minute ago. But if that happened to Buffalo 20 games this year? What do you say? I said, has that happened to Buffalo in 20 games this year? I don't know the answer to that. But I'm just saying it does happen in the tournament quite often. But I also understand your point in that this is a theme that we've seen, that the Terps oftentimes hit the, come out of the gate a little bit slow, <laughs> and it just got amplified in tournament setting. So I don't know. It, no, I don't feel, I just think it feels wrong to blame the coaches for this loss because the coaches made some really good halftime adjustments that gave us a real chance to win. I agree with that. So I guess it is time to move the second half then. And in the second half, the Terps just roared out of out of the blocks here and they got the lead back down to like five points right away. And it was it was pretty impressive to see. Yeah, um I didn't get to see the first uh, half of this game, but I was getting some score updates from some other people. And someone goes, you know, Maryland's down by 15. And I couldn't look at my phone, or I've gone back and watched the part of the game, the first half, the parts I didn't see. And, you know, I just say, survive it. You know, if they get out of there down 12 or down 9, they're in such a better place, but if they go down 18 or 20, they're done. And Wiggins provided them with that opportunity, and it kept it going through the locker room, which I don't think we've seen in a long time that Maryland's pushed, you know, kept that going. But they did this time, and it, it a lot of people thought they were done, and they pushed it, and they kept going, and they kept going, and it just, you know, one play away at the end. Yeah, the Terps, um, Maryland was tied again at 55 with about six minutes left and people really got amped up and got going here. I don't know who identifies the driving force for this. Anthony Cowan definitely made some big plays, even though he was 4 for 11, had another poor shooting day percentage-wise. He was 3 for 6 from deep, which is a big boost. He also really helped the offense move with a game-high, 6 assists. Darryl Marcel made some plays. Jalen Smith really kicked into second gear during this little tournament run we had. Yeah. Um, it could mean that he's gone. He's going pro. I mean, he's definitely put on a great showing, 15 points and 8 rebounds in this game. But, you know, when you look at the end result, it was a play where LSU, and I keep on pointing to it, I just I can't get over this one being the play, is... Coming and the stretch when LSU gets you know five rebounds in one possession, wrestles the ball away from Smith, Fernando, Ayella, and they come out with a foul. That I still don't personally think was a foul. 
Yeah, no, player talking about it, and I don't think you're wrong. I think that was a questionable call, but this game had a few of those. It's also worth remembering, or worth noticing, that during this game, Maryland did some things they just normally don't do in for this season, which is they were hitting the floor and getting the ball. They were fighting for jump balls. They were really playing. It seemed like they were really playing at 110% finally, which brings the question... <laughs> Was this just a tournament mode, or did they just not do this rest of the season? That's really a question that can't be answered. I mean, but well, we can attempt to answer it. I think it's both. Um, you know, I keep I constantly talk about how I love teams in desperation mode, how I love the way teams get when it comes down to tournament time and they're on the floor and they're willing to start a fist fight for that basketball, but. I think we see it differently as Maryland fans because Gary Williams preached to play like that every game. Mark Turgeon, on the other hand, it just hasn't happened for. In this tournament, I mentioned it when they were against Belmont, and you see a guy like Jalen Smith who's been considered to be a, a softer player this season on the floor battling for it. and then you see it again against LSU, and you're like, if they just played like that, they could be a top-10 team. And I'm going to chalk it up to, yeah, it's tournament time. It was time. It was go time, finally, for this team. And we saw how good or how hard they could play. They might have not been as good as they were in the regular season. But you saw that they were giving it everything they got. But once again, I think that's true with every team. I think when you watch tournament basketball, you just know it's different than normal basketball. It's like playoff hockey, for those who watch hockey, mm -hmm. where you just see the difference. You see players playing harder. And they're doing things in depth during their regular season it's the same thing in this tournament I mean how many buzzer beaters or insane three pointers when the chips are down do you see that you're like there's no way that would go in any other time of year but I mean LSU people, had one of them yeah they did I feel like a lot of teams have them where they just make shots they don't normally make so I don't think it's again fair for the coaching staff I think it's hard yeah you said it right it's hard for Maryland fans because Jerry Williams was so intent on that being the mindset all year that he sacrificed talent to achieve, to get the players that would do that. And I don't think that method was perfect either, just for the record, but I think it showcased a different side than what we're used to seeing now. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, as far as talking about this goes, it's just hard to talk about. I just felt at multiple points at the end of this game, the Maryland was winning this game. The same way that it did in 2010 when they lost to Michigan State. It's just... It's so disappointing, and... Talking about the game as a whole is just so hard because... There's just the one moment, which is, of course... Or the few at the end of the game, which is... The amazing three by LSU. Jalen Smith's three, and then Tremont Waters... Hitting that shot with about 1.4 seconds left. That's what sticks in your head. I, I agree. I agree completely. We can talk and about the last second play for LSU, and we can talk about if it was a walk or not, or if it, it doesn't matter. They won the game on that play. If you want to call it a walk, I, I I don't know what to say. I mean, sure it was a walk, but it's basketball. That stuff happens. Refs don't miss calls. Refs. 
change games by not or blowing the whistle. At the end of the day, it was a great shot, and it feels a lot like the Michigan State one. Like, what else? Like, what else were you gonna do on defense? Maryland was in his face. Jalen Smith was right on top of him. He stepped by him, and he threw up a shot off the glass. That was a great play. Well, in terms of the walk debate, I just think it's pointless. I, as a basketball fan purely, I would have been upset if they called that a walk. I wouldn't. If you look back on the film and the guy took three steps, are you really upset about it? You have a gather step. It's a step where you don't fully have possession of the ball and you're kind of tucking it in. That usually usually doesn't count as a step. I think that's a little bit... Didn't he dribble it and take three steps and then shoot it? He dribbled it, but one of the steps when he dribbled it was when he was pulling the ball in to take his two steps, which is called a gather step which is oftentimes not called. If you want to follow it by the letter of the law, then it was a travel. But that would be... That's generally not call it travel. All right. I mean, again, does it matter? It doesn't matter, exactly. Um, I just... There are times when you can look at these plays and say, wow, they just weren't playing. They were hyped up because they made a shot. But... I don't see that here. I'm almost just at like a complete loss of words about what even to say. I mean, the season's over. We have been March Madness. I disagree. I think one of the things you could talk about is that the team, this was a good performance by this team. I think that there were some moments in this game that were just so close to being legendary Maryland moments. The one that really sticks out to me is Jalen Smith making that the corner three because all season long, despite how pretty a shot is, Jalen Smith struggled to make threes. No one's going to dispute that. He's about 25% three-point shooter. And in this game, he was over four, but then on that play... The ball got kicked out to him. He was kind of open, but even then, not really that open. And he just shot it, and it went in, and it was a magical March moment for a little bit. I, I honestly could not feel my feet when that he made that shot. I was standing for probably at least it was a 10-minute mark of the game. I was basically standing besides TV timeouts. So I had a similar moment. I'm standing there um, at – after lacrosse practice, and I turned on the game. It was almost I almost saw all of the second half, and I've gone back and I've looked at parts of it. You know, it's just it's kind of hard to watch when you see that. But <clears throat> I wanted to see what fully happened, so I went back and I watched the rest of the game. I turned on the game on my phone, and my phone's constantly like dying, like it's going down in percentage. We're at like five percent on low power mode. The game's almost over, and I'm telling one of my friends, like, get it ready because my phone's gonna die. And it didn't die for the whole game. But I'm standing there to make the three, and I'm, like, jumping around, like, going absolutely nuts. And I say all they got to do, I mean, I immediately said that LSU was going to make the buzzer. Like, I just kind of felt that that was going to happen. That was the way the game was going. And the only thing that I have to say about the end of the game is... Maryland had 1.5 seconds left in the ball, and they did not get a good look. And that kind of disappointed me a little bit because 
we all know 1.5 seconds, that's time. Throw a deep pass, you know, do something. But, you know, as we keep saying, that's March Madness. That's the way it goes. Up, and then you're down. And then you almost throw your phone across the field. But, hey, happily I didn't. I didn't do it. There was times, there have been times where I would have done that when Maryland lost, but this was not one of them. Well, in terms of the last last shot with Eric Ayala, it's a mistake a lot of players make. Like, they just know there's 1.4 seconds left. You don't know how long a time that really is, so you just catch it and shoot it because you don't want to not get a shot off. Yeah, you could have taken a couple more steps, or they could have drawn something up better, but they also didn't have a timeout left, which was a, a big problem. So I'm not too mad at that. They could have gotten a much better shot, but it's unlikely it would have gotten it anyway. But my feelings after this game, they was just shock almost. Like, I recognized immediately that it happened, and this is March Madness, and it's what happens. But I don't, I didn't, it didn't even register for a while. What it did do was it spoiled the rest of the day for me. I'll tell you. Oh, I didn't watch, I did not watch more than two minutes of a game for the rest of the day. Yeah, I, I was in the same boat. It just felt so... It's just, it's over for your team. A lot of yeah, people but... say when you lose in the first round, it ruins the whole thing. But, you know, I don't know what to say. I mean... Well, I've kind of recovered. I just that just ruined my date period. I just was unhappy the rest of the day after the initial shock wore off. Because that's the thing with March Madness, and I was on the phone with another friend about this yesterday. And the thing with March Madness is the rest of the season, even the Catholic tournament, most of the time, you're always like, "All right, well that sucked, but let's move on to the next one. We'll be fine." But there is no next one in March Madness. That's what makes it so special. Is that's just it. The season's over. The last play of the game, the play that's going to flash Maryland basketball fans' minds for the next however long, six or eight months, whatever, till next to November, is they're going to see Vermont Waters barely getting by Jalen Smith and sneaking a layup in underhanded. And by the way, that underhanded flip-up made, made a huge difference on that play because it allowed him to get the shot up quick enough that Bruno couldn't close the gap. If he tries to shoot that a normal way, it's probably getting blocked. Mm-hmm. But that's why he's a first-team All-ACC guard. Yeah, he is a really good player. Yeah, that uh, LSU team, I, I admire the way they've rallied. Like, it really looked like they were going to fall apart, in my opinion, after Will Wade got suspended. You see, I don't like fired. that. I don't like when people say, I admire the toughness of LSU's players. Are they not the ones that got paid to play basketball? Well, at least one of them did, and I don't know who it is. No one does, but someone probably someone did. I mean, I'm not, like, sorry, I'm not I understand saying. why people want to say that, but at the end of the day, are they not the ones that got paid? Again, we only know one of them got paid definitively. And we don't know who it is. I'm sure someone does. And we can speculate, but we're not going to do that. Yeah, I understand what you're saying and that they cheated. 
and it feels a little bit unfair, especially when you're in the position that we're in, to, you know, think that this is a legitimate team. And to some extent, it's not. But I don't know you want to do about it at the moment. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't like that when people say, like, someone today told me, like, why are they even playing if people, you know, if they cheated? Well, you got to hold on with that. In ESPN, and I forget who the other outlet is, report said that there was an FBI wiretap that got him cheating, and then LSU suspended him. So we don't really know if it even happened. Exactly, and that's what you need to remember when you throw stuff around like that. Like, I'm not really sure where we're going on this podcast at this point. The point is, it's kind of it's a rant podcast. It's almost what? like it's it's a March Madness podcast. Like, like every Maryland fan. I mean, Jordan, you and I, we're both fans. I mean, we know it. We all probably did the same thing. Ball goes in the basket. Throw your hands up. Throw the TV remote somewhere and walk away. Ruin the rest of your day. Might have even ruined today for some of us. I don't think it ruined today. I'm still, it's just a lingering sense of sadness, I think, at this point. There's, that's just kind of, it's just such a finality thing. It's, yep. I still know what I'm saying. It's just, it's the end. That's it. All right. Well, we'll, we'll get to the rest of this and, add some direction to it, but before we get to that, this podcast is also brought to you by Maryland Eurocars. When you're looking for someone to work on your European car, look no further than Maryland Eurocars. We have a few Audis in the family and some BMWs at the office, and we take our cars to Christian at Maryland Eurocars. Christian and his team know they're around Audis, BMWs, Mercedes, Bentleys, VWs, and many more makes. Always friendly, courteous, and honest, along with being an extra clean shop. Maryland Eurocars is the best place to take your European car, and they're the most reasonably priced shop in town. Located in Rockville, you can reach Maryland Eurocars at 301-217-5831. Ask for Christian at 301-217-5831, and tell them that the Young Turf sent you. So moving on here, I think we're done talking about the game, at least for a little bit. And I gotta say that the most disappointing thing to me was not being able to see Maryland play the Sweet 16 game in D.C. Yeah, that's um, crushingly disappointing for, I think, everybody involved. Because it's just, it was, there's so many things that had to line up in the first place for it to happen. So Sweet 16 had to come to D.C., which only happens once every five or six years. You had to be in the bracket that plays in DC, which I know the tournament tries to, the committee tries to do, but it's always always hard to get teams where they want to be. And we were one basket short. And if Virginia Tech beats Liberty today, they're going to have a pretty large contingent, you'd think, in the district. But it's not going to be like it would be with Maryland, and it's not us anyway. Yeah, I was looking forward to it. I thought it would be a great environment. You know, despite what all of our Baltimore Terp fans love to say, you got to give it to MCI Verizon Capital One Arena. Is the second home of Maryland basketball. 
it just would have been such a great event. It would have been such a sight to see for all of the Maryland fans in this area and all the ones watching from far away. And I know this team probably wasn't going to, even if they got that venue, probably going to beat either Michigan State or Duke. But it just would have been... It just would have been something to see in kind of one of those once-in-a-turp-fan's-life moments. Yeah, it really would have been, and it's a true bummer that we're not going to get a chance to even probably sniff this until the tournament comes back to D.C., and heaven knows when that will be. Yeah, and I, I really don't know what else to say. Jordan, do you have anything else? Uh, in that particular you know, D.C. tournament thing... It reminds me of when the Vikings almost played the Super Bowl in Minneapolis. That was two seasons ago now. And for them, I mean, it's even worse because they're not, they're not getting them for 30 years like they did last time. But it's a kind of similarity thing. But I don't have anything else. Um, the Lady Terps play tomorrow against UCLA at Xfinity Center. If you have the time, I would suggest going to see them at least. That might be a cool experience. But but that, that happens every year. I mean, yeah, I know. I, I'm I, just saying, it might solve. It might help somebody's March Madness. Yeah, hopefully they do. They do take that and advance the Sweet 16. Um, I'm not even sure who else that game's against. I mean, it was such a distraction with the. I mean, I would have loved to gotten out to Xfinity Center, but it was right up against the men's game. And I don't even know who won the other game there. Jordan, do you? Um, they're playing UCLA. Really? So, wasn't that game between UCLA and Tennessee? Maybe. I'm not entirely sure. I do know if they beat UCLA, they're likely to play UConn in the regional. Which I think would be quite a rough game for our Lady Terps. But, back to the men's game, I'll give you my final thought. It was a good season. It could have been better. Um... A lot of people are satisfied with 13-7. and seven. I really, honestly, wasn't the way that it was going. The season took a strong downturn at the end, which didn't help anybody or Mark Turgeon or anything else. But I did provide some good wins, a lot of good moments at Xfinity Center. But to be honest, it was one of the most disappointing from a fan attendance standpoint from a scheduling standpoint disappointing years that I've seen in a long time for as good as this team was that's where I'll leave it for now we'll talk about the basketball season as a whole on our next podcast Jordan but give us some quick thoughts here oh uh, well Duke is about to lose to UCF so or at least hopefully so UCF will get some revenge for not for their football woes and maybe this will be some reprieve for basketball fans but other than that Tough end, good. I guess okay season, okay to good season. Um, Mark Turgeon's job is definitely safe. We'll throw that in, but that's mostly for the next podcast. And that that wraps up my thoughts. Yeah, and that's going to do it for this episode of the Young Turps Podcast. As always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Viner Four Gates of Rockville, for all of your business IT needs. Viner Four Gates is your place to go in the DMV or elsewhere. You can reach them at 301-251-2900 or on the web at the number one, Viner.com. Allied Party Rentals. For all of your party rental needs, small or large, Allied is your one-stop shop. You can 
visit them at alliedpartyrentals.com and Maryland Eurocars for your service for your Audi, BMW, Mercedes. Maryland Eurocars is your best place to go in the DMV. They are located in Rockville, and you can reach them at 301-217-5831. And make sure to ask for Christian. That's going to do it for this basketball season. Thank you guys all for listening. And we'll be back this week with our wrap-up of the Maryland basketball season. And as always, thanks for listening.